The UCLA Bruins uh, continued a, a two-week announcement period. Uh, they After uh, beating Washington pretty soundly week before, last week they play Utah uh, and surprisingly handled their business against the Utes. So now UCLA remains undefeated. Uh, Washington, on the other hand, uh, due for a big expectation reset after a shock loss to Arizona State in a game where Arizona State's backup quarterback was on the field more than their starter. We're going to talk about all that more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you worked all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick this week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of our picks over the course of the season. And, you know, conference is sweet because the slates are a little bit shorter. It makes it, you know, we can get through a podcast nice and quickly. Let's, uh, I mean, I'm just going to take them the order I have them on the screen, which has our best game first, which is UCLA and Utah, a... You know, I mean, still, even after Washington, you know, we're still trying to figure out how good is UCLA, you know. And uh, to me, this is an incredibly impressive win for them uh, to handle Utah in the manner that they handled Washington, you know, beat them by a couple more points than they beat Washington by. But UCLA looks like a very legitimate uh, conference challenger at this point. Yeah, I mean, it took Chip Kelly a minute to get them going, but it looks like he's finally got them rolling. Dorian Thompson Robinson's been there for a long time, so he's he's finally clicked it, clicked it into gear. And uh, I, you know, I'm surprised with this outcome. Um, I thought Utah would handle would handle UCLA. I didn't think UCLA would be physical enough to go toe to toe with Utah. The fact that UCLA is physical enough to not only go toe to toe with them but beat them, I think, is a great sign if you're a Bruins fan for for what the potential out you know of this season is. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a Zach Charbonnet show, the Michigan transfer at UCLA, uh, almost 200 yards on the ground, nine yards of carry. Uh, uh, incredibly impressive from him. Dorian Thompson-Robinson's been awesome all year. They played like kind of clown competition before these last two weeks, so we don't really know what we're looking at. But how about 18-23 uh, for 299 yards and four touchdowns, and he ran for one also to offset his one interception. Yeah, it's really I mean, tidy. Yeah, awesome. Um and then uh, I'm just noting this because this is my first time seeing this in a Utah box score. Uh, one rushing attempt and three receptions for a player named Money Parks. That's not very money, though. That's not a great stat line. Hey, he's on the field in D1 college football. But I tell you, I think I talked about this last year, but like when Twitter launched Twitter Spaces, uh, I like, for whatever reason, it was like pushing these ones that were about like college football recruiting to me. And it was all like people who were like dying to get like a Juco opportunity to play college football. So mm-hmm. like, and what it made me think about was like, Oh, literally everybody in, you know, like the PAC 12 is like, this is like top of the top. These are guys who have really excelled. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think about that all the time. Like back in the day, like when we were, when we were kids, I used to think about like how good you had to be to like walk into like the university of Miami, you know, like football facility and see like your name in the depth you know what i mean oh like, yeah like how like how many tens of thousands of athletes coming up in you know florida high school ranks you know high school football in florida and then all the college opportunities and then you're at the u and then you're a starter you know at like a skill position or something you know wide receiver safety whatever um 
you know, and like Ed Reed, you know, like maybe played before you or like, you know, was, was like in the pipeline coming, like how, like the percentage that it must have like that you like the rare air that you were occupying for that to be the case. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it boggles the mind, boggles yeah. the mind. Um, next up, let's go with, uh, Oh, I lost my games already. Who else played football? <laughs> Oregon, uh, beat the crap out of Arizona. If you would like to talk about that. Sure. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I think Arizona are, uh, kind of, you know, they're three and three at this point. They're in a struggle, uh, to see where they can get to bowl eligibility. Oregon remains undefeated in the conference. Uh, really, uh, uh, you know, I mean, this is, if, if, you know, you're an Oregon, uh, uh, partisan, this is what you want to see. They win, they win comfortably. Uh, the Bo Nix train rolls on, you know, I mean, he did not like a super spectacular game, but I mean, in the air, but he completed 80% of his passes, didn't turn it over. And then he ran for 70 yards on eight carries and scored three touchdowns. So like, uh, they've figured out what they're doing with him in conference. Yep, and like you said, Arizona's, you know, after a pretty promising start, it's kind of leveled off a little bit and, and uh, you know, was really never a, never a threat to uh, to Oregon in this game. Yeah, and this is a real pedestrian uh, passing line for Jaden Delora, who's had, like, a couple of pretty monster games so far this season. Uh, 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 you know, barely over 50% passing, yardage not incredible, so you have to say credit to – Oregon's defense and this just this uh this is just pretty comprehensive uh where it wasn't really a contest yeah I agree all righty um how about Washington State USC that yeah that that was a game that got played yeah USC. yeah I don't know I mean like I was thinking like uh you know maybe maybe the Coos can jump up and uh sneak something but uh uh this did end up oh, it was a game going into the half uh, WC was only down three points, but then WC was done scoring, uh, and uh, USC would add another seventeen, uh, or excuse me, another thirteen. You know, uh, in the second half, and they they shut down whatever it is Washington State's trying to do on offense. You know, so this is kind of the new WSU that's gonna maybe have a surprisingly better defense than what we've been used to seeing out there, but we do appear uh, to have lost the explosion on the offense. Uh, yeah, the odd the first time making note of this Jalen Jenkins they got running the ball though. Yeah, yeah, this is an, this is a weird game to me, and just in, you know USC's offense didn't really break out. You know WSU's offense didn't didn't do much of anything. Um, I I saw lots of lots of chatter on on WSU Twitter about the refs on this game and their displeasure with the officiating, um, which I have to say is like pretty much happens every time they play USC they get hosed yeah fairly substantially and it's it's a little shocking to me that you know this happened to Washington when they played UCLA and now it's happened to Washington State when they play USC like the pack the Pac-12 doesn't have like a standing like like unspoken understanding <laughs> with their with the officials that they are to screw USC and U- and UCLA at every opportunity they get oh they like, absolutely should that's not like, like if I if I had the opportunity to speak to George Klyovkov, in I, I would you know like I ran into him at the airport or something I'd be like I can't believe that even has to be discussed, like that that, it's not clear, 
to everybody that you've instructed the officials to hose those two programs. Yeah. The conference, to a large extent, is in the predicament that it's in in terms of like figuring out who's going to be a part of it going forward or if it, e- if it is even going to go forward because it operates as if this is a fair world. It is not. They, yeah. USC and UCLA have stabbed you in the back. Uh, it, the righteous thing to do and the only honorable thing to do is to conspire against them. Yeah, to bury them, to just yeah. absolutely leave them in a state of of disarray through shockingly bad calls against them that cause them to, you know, that, that sends them into a, a fury, but of which they can do nothing about. Um, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. Because like the, the last thing we want, if you're a, if a PAC 12 fan, which has been my conference, my entire life is for it to be this, uh, you know, course that we're headed on right now, where we're looking at a U- UCLA USC conference championship game. Yeah, I mean that's just that's like just that's a, gross, that's just a second Big Ten gross negligence if you're if you're Klyovkov that you haven't managed to instruct the officiating crews not to cut USC or UCLA any breaks, but it appears to be the case because USC got a bunch of uh, breaks in this game. Not that they would have needed it to win necessarily, but it certainly helped them cover. Um, and uh, they, yeah, they I mean, like, the first thing I'm going to say to you. And the only thing I'll ever say to you is I don't want you to do anything that's going to impact the integrity of the game. Now, this is going to require some critical uh, interpretation on your part, because the next thing I'm going to say is going to be in direct contrast to that. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think that either US, USC or UCLA are to be viewed to have any integrity. I don't so think so. Either. Any yeah. action that you yeah. would take against yeah, that's them what you, not, need, you need a, a broader, the a broader the in any uh, manner, because you have to ahead. first have integrity, you know, for that to even be the case. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, you got you got to you got to remove your uh, scope of integrity of what you believe to be fair from beyond <clears throat> these sixty minutes where you're, you're in charge of being a referee. Yeah, and truly, the fair thing to do is to fucking fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Oregon State and Stanford. This was a game that came right down to it. Uh, yeah. Oregon State scored like late, late, right? Oh, late, late, yeah. They needed it, too, to win by one. Against a terrible Stanford team. The unfireable I mean, David Shaw. How about an Oregon State touchdown with 32 seconds left in the game uh, to put them up by one point? They missed the two-point conversion. Um, but they hang on and win 28-27. to 27. The turnover beeves managed to not turn the ball over. Yeah, I mean, this is a really critical win for Oregon State because I think the, the prior two weeks had kind of really taken the wind out of their sails. Not not too dissimilar to where Washington sits now, um, and and so you're you're resetting of expectations, and you know now it's all about getting to bowl eligibility, getting to a, a better bowl game, focusing on recruiting. Um, you can't afford to have a three game losing streak. You can't afford to lose to this terrible Stanford team, um, and and so. Uh, you know, setting the final score aside, I, I think if you're Jonathan Smith, you take it and you chalk it up and then you just, you know, you just turn the page and say, okay, we, we got it. We got the win. It is what it is. Um, and you just move on. So is the, who was the guy that was their quarterback? Like uh, they have this guy, Ben Gulbrinson now. That's not, is the other guy hurt or did he yeah. just like, Picked himself uh, well, out of the he, job. He was taken out in the early stages of the prior game. Chance Nolan. Uh, Chance Nolan, yeah. 
Um, I was thinking Coletto, but that's their like linebacker who comes in and plays yeah, he's like our taste of goal line. Um, and uh, and so I, yeah, I think I think again, social media seems to suggest that this this the new the new guy in town is the is the future of the position. I mean, it would seem so. He he's not throwing four interceptions a game, so I think that puts him on a, 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 start. a good path. Uh, and that, and I think the only other game left is Washington, right? Yeah, that's true. What I mean, what you you were at this game? Yeah, I just went to it. Talk me through this. You know what happens when we go down there? Nothing good, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, this was a game that this was happening at the same time as uh, the Mariners' incredible comeback from an eight-one deficit to close out Toronto in the wild card series. Nice. Uh, this game, I think, by about the time Arizona State got up like twenty-four to ten, I was like, "All right." Even though I've, you know, I've, I would rather watch the Mariners get their ass kicked or, or whatever. So I flipped over to that, and then once the Mariners game ended, or kind of during it, I'm like flipping back. I'm like, "Oh, now we've tied the game. Here we go." Yeah. Yeah, no, it didn't work. Um, this was a shame. Uh, this game. Um, what what went wrong? As somebody who sat there and subjected himself to this. Yeah, well, pretty much anything that could go wrong defensively went wrong. Is is the answer? Yeah, I mean, you've got a, a pass rush that can't get home anymore because we don't have anybody in the interior. I guess like Ale didn't play. Letula Sonoga is on a on a pitch count so he doesn't play but like a handful of plays um so we've got some 265 270 pound guy in the middle who's our only defensive tackle at this stage so that's not concerning to the other team and so they just basically double team the edge which is where all of our quality players are and so martin and smalls and ztf and trice they're not getting home um and then that allows a quarterback, and I just mean any quarterback at this point, because which is what this guy was. Any quarterback, a five foot ten, one hundred and eighty pound walk on, backup walk on, basically, um, to just kind of chill back in the pocket and select an open receiver at his leisure. Now, there's tr- some trickiness to that too, because you could interpret that as me saying he just needs to wait for someone to come open, but it really is the case that they're open from the get go. Yeah. Um, and he just needs to select like what part of the field he wants them to be open on. Um, because our secondary is atrocious. It's remarkable, you know, with having had such a good secondary for the six years prior to this, you know, well, and, and just having played, you know, like a decent Kent state team and like Portland state and Michigan state, and like even gave UCLA a game where it didn't look this, you know, this woebegone. I mean, it was, it was shocking to sit there and watch this happen. Um, and you just can't ask, you know, like if you're often, if you're going to play defense that poorly, your offense has to be an absolutely well-oiled machine that never trips up. And the offense isn't playing that good right now. So when, they, and when we they, say the offense isn't playing that good, uh, 70 points the last two weeks. Yeah, I don't mean – yeah, they are playing very good. I, I mean, they're not playing flawless. They're not playing flawless as they the were only, earlier in the season. The like outcome, For the first four games, when the yeah. game was in question, if the offense had the ball, they were scoring. Or at worst, I think against – was that against 
Michigan State, they would get the ball down to the one inch line, and then the other yeah. team would have to start a possession from there. Yeah, no, it's 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 um, man, it's rough. It was a it was a rough rough situation. I mean, there was no juice in that stadium. Nobody in that stadium thought they were going to be in that game. Um, it was it's not loud. It's not particularly you know, there's nothing exciting about it. It's kind of just a dumpy old stadium. Um, I mean, it's nice. It's nice enough, right? I mean, it's, it's a fun place to go watch a game, but it's it's certainly not going to wow you with any, you know, screens or like they haven't remodeled it recently or done anything. There was n- not a lot of people there, so it wasn't particularly, you know, hostile. Um, it just, uh, yeah, that was um, that was a damn shame. Did you golf when you were down there? No, because we kicked off at one o'clock. I was totally going to golf. That was like part of the reason we planned the trip because we were like, there's a 100% chance this is going to be a night game. <laughs> Seven o'clock <laughs> kickoff. Because it's so wait, then did desert. you fly out Sunday morning? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I flew out like noon on Sunday, so I didn't have to get up super early. I mean, it was very nice. It was a nice three-day trip. I enjoyed some good food, you know. So, you know, had, had some had a, some fun times out at the bars. Um, you know, in, in the aggregate, it was fun. But, yeah, I mean, I was the, totally the point of doing this when we scheduled it a month and a half ago was like, oh, we're going to have a 7 o'clock kick so we could fly in Friday, play 18 holes of golf at some nice course on Saturday, go to this game, fly home Sunday. No. Nope. Didn't work out. No. Nope. You're going to watch Washington, we, we hope to God, is their worst loss of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but – now that's an open question at this point. Man, it's it's. I mean, you're seeing like, I mean, Asa Turner got ejected in the first half, so that's a problem. When first of all that you're we're speaking about that as it being a problem. Um, Cam Williams, who started as a freshman, and you say that, and you're like, oh, you know, what does that mean? Well, here's the thing: when Cam Williams was a freshman, that's about four years ago, right? Three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, that means he's starting alongside guys like Elijah Molden. Um, you know, like, uh, like three, four, five NFL guys in the backfield, like McDuffie. That, you know, like, uh, McDuffie. I don't even know if McDuffie, McDuffie was there. McDuffie probably wasn't even starting yet. Yeah, McDuffie probably was backing up. Uh, who who sta- who was opposite of Molden for a while? Uh, Keith who's Taylor. that guy Murphy who's on the Cardinals yeah, now? Byron Murphy. Yeah, Keith Taylor was like got drafted. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, so he was Miles he was, Bryant. Like, yeah, he was playing in depth as a true freshman in a backfield that had all NFL guys. And now he's just opted to red shirt because he can't get on the field in a backfield that doesn't have division one guys. Like what, what happened? Yeah. It's uh, who knows, dude. I don't know. But, I mean, I will say that like, if you say, well, it's, it's the first year we got to switch things over. Uh, the defensive coordinator uh, to my mind is uh doing what he ought to be doing with these results, which is like playing freshmen and walk-ons and then being like, listen, we had, we had a depth problem. It wasn't me. It was the, it was the Jimmy's and the Joe's I'm yeah, working this yeah. in. So in any year or two, these guys will have a lot of reps. They're going to have a lot of reps, dude, because they, because, because they, well, it's not that many reps because it doesn't take the other team's offense that many plays to score. Yeah. It's, like, it's insane how open people are on us. They're not like, and it's got to be so like, what would, uh, what would our offense do to our defense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be good, dude. <laughs> we got to like, like you almost, if you're a grub, you got to be like, 
Hey guys, I I just need you to suck this week in practice so these guys believe in themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, Oof. I know you can get whatever you want whenever you want on this group. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like. I mean, I was looking over the film on a handful of these plays. A couple of guys in the defensive backfield just started digging holes when the ball was snapped. Yeah. No, I mean, like, Alex Cook, fifth-year senior, he got burned on a touchdown. Like, the, guy, the receiver just walked by him. Yeah. It's not all freshmen. It's not all freshmen and walk-ons. I mean, it's like the most senior and experienced guys on the in the depth are 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 getting soundly beaten by run-of-the-mill, n- you know, nondescript wide receivers. Yeah. Disheartening. Disheartening. Yeah, yeah it's not how, great. How did we do on picks last week? But, uh, you did good. Uh, everyone else did bad. Well, you and Kellen did good. You had three and two with Kellen. I went one and four with Worm and Tubby. And then Adam and Butchart went two and three. So that really tightens the pack. So Kellen's up out in front now at 34 and 17. Uh, Tubby is in last place at 30 and 21. Um, And then we're all kind of, uh, you know, you're at 32 and 19. I'm at 33 and 18. We're all kind of in that, in that space. I like so it. So it's just four it's, games from first to last and everybody else is in the mix. Really bunched up. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Pretty let's pick some games. Let's start seven. off with, uh, 11 AM on your PAC 12 network, a real PAC 12 network special. California is going to Colorado. The bears are favored by 15 is what I'm showing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just can't pick Colorado. I won't allow it. Yeah. Right? I'm taking Cal. Like Colorado's proven themselves to be unable to play football in any form or function. So here's, here's an interesting one. Underwhelming Notre Dame team, potentially really terrible Stanford team in South Bend, Notre Dame are 17 point favorites. The Notre Dame team that lost to Marshall and had to avoid a hail Mary against Cal. I'm not taking, I'm not taking Stanford anymore this year. Yeah. I yeah. Just can't. No, I'm going to take Stanford. I mean, Washington handled Stanford. Dude. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking in my head that like Stanford kind of forgets who they are for a week, and they're like, you know, these are the type of players that chose Stanford and probably think it's special or, and are really going to give an A plus effort at Notre Dame, you know, because of the prestige. Uh, and I don't think Notre Dame's that good. Uh, Notre Dame could, you know. I mean, I think Notre Dame's going to win. I'm just I'm backing Stanford to keep it within a couple scores. Fair enough. I can see it. I could definitely see that happening. All right. Um, let's do Washington State and Oregon State here. This is kind of uh, a couple teams now, each uh, with two conference losses, uh, and a you know a really important game for kind of bowl eligibility. Beavs just have the pure home field favoritism of three and a half points. Interesting game here. I'm gonna take WSU. I don't. I, you know, the Beavs beat Stanford last week, but it took a, a last minute touchdown to do it. WSU, you know, they didn't look fantastic against USC, but they did get hosed by the officials on a number of occasions. And you know, like I, I just, I think they've proven themselves to be a better team than Oregon State. And I don't, I don't think the home field is gonna to matter too much. Yeah, and both of their losses are really entirely understandable. Uh, uh, that, you know, I mean, Washington State has lost to Oregon and USC. Oregon State has lost to USC and Utah. The, the worst they've done is that Utah, I mean, really shellacked Oregon State. 
Um, but WC wasn't particularly close against USC. Uh, mm, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Cougs. Give me the points. I can't really pick between them. Yep, fair enough. All righty. Then next up, let's do – oh, this is a great match. Back when we had North and South divisions, this was the premier South matchup every year, USC and Utah. Uh, we are at Utah. The Utes are three and a half point favorites against USC. Is this the first slip up of the Lincoln Riley era? I don't think so. Um, Utah has not. I mean, they got housed last week by UCLA. Really, I mean, I think I think that's going to set them back. And now that you know that the loss to Florida, I mean, they're pretty much. I don't know. I mean, I know they're always a tough team under Winningham. You know, I know it's a tough place to go play, but I just – it seems to me like for whatever reason, USC is catching a lot of breaks and, and, you know, they're winning a lot of games fairly comfortably. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them to, to win this one. I'm going to take uh, Utah in a mini, mini upset, even though they're the favorite. Okay. I feel like most of the money has to be coming in on USC because, like, you can't believe you can get – this is like this is like a stand, like a somebody knows something, right? Because USC is undefeated, top ten in the country. Utah just got beat pretty soundly last week. Like, why is Utah favored by three and a half points? Somebody knows something. That's why I say. That's fair enough. You want to can if you want to question a line? Let's talk about the next one. Washington. Yeah. Are favored by fourteen points against Arizona. Now I would have Washington favored in this game. Probably by like five. I don't know, man. I'm 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 entering PTSD zone. I mean, like they Jaden Delora is like a real quarterback. He beat that. He won in Seattle already. He's already won in this in this stadium. Yeah. This this to me suggests that somebody knows something, because this doesn't make any sense to me. This line. Um. How how can that be the line? Like is my question. I mean, like yeah. Maybe in a perfect, like in a in a totally neutral setting, you say it's you know it is like a, a Washington, you know, five point deal, but fourteen. And I think it opened at seventeen. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. Yeah, it does seem wrong. Uh, I mean, you you figure Washington on offense is going to do good. Arizona has to make the long trip. Washington happy to be back at home. Crucial game uh, for Washington season. And one that Arizona's got to look at the tape and feel like, well, hell, we got a shot. Yeah, I mean, anybody can play quarterback, and we got a good one. So, I mean, he's going to be playing pitch and catch all day with open receivers. Yep. I don't know. I like us. We're due. Yeah, I mean, Washington's got to get to that, you know, what is it? This will be the fifth win? Yeah. They need, I mean, they really need this game because then they still got Colorado left on the schedule and they're probably going to get to bowl eligibility. But, I mean, it's a way different uh, conversation than we were having a couple weeks ago. Way different conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where it was like we must immediately triple Kalen DeBoer's salary. Which I still want to do. I do too. Maybe we can wanna... get away with just doubling it. Yeah, yeah, maybe we just, maybe we just double it. That's yeah, fine. all right. <laughs> uh, anything else for the week? No, I'm done. All right, that's good for me. Uh, that does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers for Eric. I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.